Welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Gavin. All right. I don't nope. know. I, didn't know. I, I, was, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you didn't have an accent today. The last few episodes, uh, we've had a couple accents. We've also had some new listeners from other parts of the world. So maybe they're being drawn oh. in by your uh, international air of mystery. Ah, yes. Welcome, welcome, all, one and all, welcome. Everyone's like, what the hell is that? You're like, that's the point. Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows. Anywho, how are you, good sir? I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing really well. How about you? You are sporting the AJ needs a haircut look, which is the backwards ball cap, uh, which I also need. Well, see, no, your hair looks good long. Mine kind of looks like a mess. The only reason it looks okay right now is because I have leftover hair gel in it from yesterday, even though uh, I washed, I didn't wash my hair. I took a shower this morning. So, you know, the, the leftover hair gel is really, uh, is really one of the great inventions of man because it's usually better the second day. Well, except for when you're training the next day and you get really hot and sweaty and the sweat gets in your eyes particularly with kickboxing because then you're like uh-oh there's nothing i can do about it i'm gloved up i'm in the middle of sparring i forgot my headband you just gotta live with it you gotta you gotta roll with the punches oh both literally and figuratively and that's our episode yes uh thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed and goodbye anywho uh what's new uh I've been watching some films lately, more more specifically, some slightly older Chuck Norris stuff. Oh, what brought just, this on? Tubi and yep. uh, Pluto TV. All right. You know, because right. they, they have a couple new seasons of uh, Walker. By new, I mean, you know, two, uh, Pluto only has a few seasons at a time. So we're now on season four, the first season within the eyes of a ranger. I actually just packed up uh, my box I've been packing, getting ready for move uh, for the move, and one of the DVD boxes I packed. Yes, there's multiple ones. The entire top layer is all my box sets of the Walker Texas Ranger seasons. <laughs> and once again, our definitions of yes. which season is which season in Walker varies depending on how they set it up. So I believe it's. Is it technically season three? It is technically season three, but right. on Pluto it's season four because they break the the first four episodes on Pluto as season one Got and it. the yeah. latter part of. Whereas on the DVD box sets, those first four episodes are just thrown in with season one. Those are considered the pilot episodes. Yeah, I mean, that that's what a great pilot series that was. I and mean, those, uh, the pilot's episodes were released as straight-to-video movies in Japan. Oh, so you, and could go to the, you could go to the video store and, and rent them. There was a few uh, of the episodes, like the two-parter episodes later on, and actually the very first pilot episode was released as a movie. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer for it on other movies in the 90s. But there was also like uh, the, the episode where... Uh, there's the assassin and they're at the shooting competition and like the governor's there or whatever that yes. that one is also was also released as a i think it's like not deadly ransom i forget what it was called but it was released as a movie here as well uh also going off of what we were discussing the previous week i went and saw nope this past week ah what'd you think Gr- great to see michael wincott on uh on the screen yeah on the big screen he's, he looks great yeah great screen charisma of course great voice and you I'd know, imagine from what you told me about him with your experience meeting him recently, was that just his own wardrobe he brought to the uh, set? He actually, he actually was wearing that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I th- I'd imagine he showed up. They're probably like, well, why didn't you go to wardrobe? And he just probably ignored them and walked and kept practicing his lines. <laughs> uh, someone going to get Michael into wardrobe? 
No, did they, do you think they even wrote him lines or was he just improvising and they kept it? Oh, I'm sure they wrote him lines, but I have a <laughs> feeling he improvised a lot of that, but yeah. it worked. It, and, no, it did work. And I think your, your, your assessment of the film was spot on. It's, if you're going to, you, it's a movie you should watch. If you're going to watch it, you should watch it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's, there's some elements that may or may not be groundbreaking. It's a great, uh, you know, for me, it's a great uh, reflection on my takeaway was that it's uh, exploit. It's it's about exploitation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with that said, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the the film you texted me about the other day, or yesterday. Mm, yes, yes, that would be. So I actually saw two movies this weekend. Okay. Uh, we went and saw Easter Sunday with Joe Coy, the Filipino okay. comedy. Uh, you know, I gotta. Got to take uh, Jessica because she's Filipina to go see that. Uh, it was okay. It was fun. It was a fun, sweet little like movie. A great Saturday matinee local theater movie to go to. Uh, definitely not IMAX. You would not pay like. Is that for, what you guys did? Did you go to did you do IMAX Easter oh, Sunday? Oh heck yeah, heck yeah, baby. No, but actually, uh, it had its moments. It had some great cameos. Uh, but then yesterday we went and saw Bullet Train. It was and? very, very entertaining, very uh, well produced film. Uh, a great. The thing is, the story's fantastic, which is I wasn't I, I thought it would be kind of, you know, captivating, entertaining. You know, I knew the action would keep me on the edge of my seat and I knew it would have, of course, a, a, a great story. But I didn't realize how good it was going to be. It had a really intricate uh intertwined, uh, well-connected storyline with a lot of uh, callbacks, a lot of, oh, moments, and everything was really well-connected in the end. Like, it kind of thrives off this idea of giving you little Easter eggs throughout and then being like, oh, that wasn't just a random thing, and then, like, flashback. Uh, So much so that, like, the beginning of the movie or at least once they get on the train, it's almost like it's it's coming at you like too much. Like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, you know, this is, I, I can't take all this in at, in one sitting, but you eventually catch up to the, uh, or you, you know, you start to get used to the pace of the film because it's just kind of bam, bam, bam. But really it pays off in the end. The action's fantastic. Brad Pitt is amazing, but so is the rest of the cast. So I highly encourage everyone to go see that. Great movie, uh, great performances. And really, I mean, Brad Pitt's just been on a roll the last few years, so uh, he has been. Yeah, he's he's really good in it. Yeah, you, it seems like ever since Thelma and Louise, he's in at least one movie a year. He's really on a roll <laughs> since. Oh, Thel- since- <laughs> <laughs> all righty, let's uh, get going. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anywho, uh, oh, and then I forgot in our episode we recorded last week, I was like, I knew I watched something else. And I couldn't remember. I also watched because it premiered on high off TV like two weeks ago, uh, baby assassins, which oh, is from like the same, uh, action team and, and so forth. And maybe director that did Hydra, which we've reviewed before. And our lead from Hydra is actually, uh, like one of the main henchmen, uh, if not the main henchmen, uh, henchman. <laughs> but uh it was it was uh it was good but the the problem is okay so it opens up with a great action or like fight scene i should say and then closes with an amazing finale we don't really get anything else in between which kind of hurts the film for what it's wanting to be and once again i'm an action lover uh and it, it's not for that purpose that I expected, like, oh, I want another action scene. It's just the pacing of the film. It could have really benefited from something like that. Because uh, what it is, is it's 
it's a workplace comedy disguised as like an action movie. But at the same time, you need to have that action in there to balance it out, being that they are assassins, right? But it's kind of like a dark comedy. It's like it it had moments. It reminded me a lot of Office Space in a sense, you know. It's like it's a workplace comedy about two people that are, you know, two assassins that kind of – they have to get like regular jobs. And then so it's like how much they suck at the regular jobs and trying to live a normal life and this and that. So it has its moments. Uh, the finale is fantastic. Kind of one of the, once again, worst price of admission alone, but definitely recommend you give that a watch and you should already, if you listen to this podcast, you should already have the Haya app. Uh, you know, you can do it through prime uh, or whatever. Totally worth it. It's like three bucks a month and they're dropping more and more great content, classic films. They pick up new ones. Uh, they work a lot with uh, uh, WellGo USA, like mm-hmm. getting their films on there. Uh, the some of the movies they're releasing this month, they just released a brand new Indonesian one. I forget the name of it, but they're going to be releasing uh, "She Shoots Straight," classic oh, that's uh, girls with guns subgenre film starring Joyce Mina Gadenzi. So when that gets dropped, we'll definitely review that because uh, I have a lot of funny stories about that movie. Uh, but anywho, yeah, otherwise I don't think I've really watched anything new that I can think of movie wise. Yeah. That's, that's good. And you're now you're, how's the training going? Like I know when you're down here, you got, you got some good training. What, what's man, I'm getting ready to move. So it's like, and you know, once again, as everyone knows, I live like an hour and a half away from civilization, an hour and 45 minutes away from the closest gym, uh, that I can train at for martial arts stuff. So really nothing. I'm just packing, getting ready to move. We should be moved out of here in what would be exactly a hundred percent like out of here in two weeks. So yeah, I'm just, you know, chugging away, moving, I've uh, moving sucks and most people know moving sucks, but moving really sucks when you've done it as much as Jessica and I have uh, over the last uh, eight and a half years. <laughs> so Yeah, at, at one point it just starts to get like, can we just stay just a little longer? Like just to procrastinate that next yeah. move that's eventually necessary. But for you guys, I, I, I think where you're going, it, lo- it looks great. Sounds great. You're going to have a lot of training opportunity. Oh, yeah, for theaters, sure. Closer, it- closer to it. Santa Clarita, if not LA, oh, yeah, obviously yeah. LA, but no, we're, Santa Clarita. We're good, and that's why also I'm so comfortable with it. Uh, even in my fun employment, getting a little bored sometimes. Uh, but it's been it's been great for me also though because I've been able to do a ton every morning. I'm you know able to do what's about twenty to thirty minutes of like PT and stretching. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. been helping with recovery from. That's uh, great. Yeah. So I've that's been great. Uh, you know, no point in me doing like quote unquote two a days if you're not getting ready for a fight or anything. But what I've been doing is like my daily workout and then I'll do like a second, uh, activity for the day. Usually it's going for a nice little walk. Uh, and our walks are more like, like halfway between a walk and a hike, maybe called a power walk. It's like up the mountain and back Mm -hmm. down. So it's like an hour. It's a little over like five kilometers. Uh, so That's like, good. yeah, so I'll do something like that just to get myself moving. And, you know, I've been packing all day today, uh, made some big dents, but it's also one of those awkward situations where it's like, you can only pack so much before you're actually officially like loading up the truck and moving, right? There's so much stuff yep. you use on a daily basis. So really I'm just trying to take care of all that stuff, pack up, uh, next week, the big thing will be packing up my home gym, uh, which is a lot of the stuff we didn't have before we moved up here. So that could kind of become an issue with the moving truck and the size we need but anyways i digress people don't want to hear about my move people want to hear about the movie we are talking about today which is the 
1985, Sammo Hung directed Hong Kong Cinema Classic, starring the one and only Jackie Chan, Heart of Dragon. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Uh, you to, know, if they ever like bring it. back Tai Sang video, uh, I'll have to talk to Mr. Frank Jang about me doing the movie trailers. Yes. Uh, I would love that. Uh, hey, I'm available. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, right. uh, you know, the, the interesting part uh, is, so, I, I, you know, a lot of times when I talk about this film, or I've even brought up in the past, I'll say Heart of Dragon. People are like, oh, Heart of the Dragon? I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Heart of Dragon. And it's literally just a direct translation of... Because uh, in Mandarin, the the title, and once again, I'm, I usually don't remember the titles in Mandarin, but this one is the exact same thing. So hence why it makes it so easy for me to remember. Uh, Hong de Xin, like it's literally uh, Heart of the Dragon. So Dragon of Heart. Uh, so Heart of the Dragon. It's, uh, uh, did I say Hong? The- I said Hong, my God. Long de Xin. So the uh, Dragon, I said Red of the Heart, my bad. So uh, it's literally just Heart of the Dragon. It's, it's, you know, what's funny is the version I watched this time uh, ahead of our podcast recording had scenes in it that I have never seen before. Ah. And then in the outtakes, I'm like, wait a minute. I remember that scene from when I had watched it before, but that scene wasn't in this version. So like, okay. Uh, so wait, wait, wait real quick, this, uh, real quick. Yes. You're, uh, I, maybe I misunderstood. You're saying the version you watched in preparation for this did not have the scenes you remember? Or no, because if your version had Both. the outtakes, that means you watched the international, aka the Japanese version. But that's weird because I had originally seen this, I believe, in Japan, and it didn't, I don't recall the, I don't recall the police station fight scene with the methadone. Oh yeah, well it was, and I don't, how did you get a hold of that version then? I got my ways, my man. Okay, I so, watched. I watched. I watched a version in a foreign language. Okay, so <laughs> is it? An, isn't everything a foreign language I, now? Yeah, I literally just finished watching the extra scenes right before we started uh, this episode because I watched it. I have the uh, eighty-eight films amazing Blu-ray version, which has the international oh, cut nice. and the regular one. So I watched the regular one last week, uh, the one I re- remember watching it. But it's literally been probably about twenty-two years since I've seen it. Uh, and then I just finished watching the international cut because I wanted to see those two extra fight scenes. Now, I had seen the parking lot fight before on YouTube uh, years ago, but I got to see the methadone clinic fight and yes. the parking lot fight and the outtakes, which are all part of the international version. So we will get back to that later. But uh, so the film Heart of Dragon, 1985, directed by Sammo Hung. And I should have said before, also co-starring Sammo. So it's a Jackie and Sammo. The plot uh, is definitely... Uh, out of character for the typical Hong Kong action cinema film of that time. Yes, we had films I, with a more serious nature, like you know, our, one of our favorites, Writing Wrongs and stuff, but the subject matter it tackles is kind of... Uh, I w- it's, it's definitely taboo sometimes in film because it can be messed up so easily, and it's mm-hmm. just such a difficult uh, kind of material to navigate so the the plot basically focuses on jackie chan being a police officer uh or he's just recently been kind of promoted from swat because in the film it seems to distinguish that swat and cid the police department are two separate separate entities so he's a recent uh transfer from swat to cid and he has a grown mentally challenged brother that he's been caring for his whole life played by sammo hung 
Yes, and it's it's interesting because the film. I don't think there's another film quite like it because it does blend. It's like it's very similar in some ways to Sean Penn's I am Sam, I am Sam. Mm. Uh, but it's also it also has elements that are like Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, like Eastern Condors, like Pedicab Driver. And uh, like Police Story, it, it has uh, it's a very unique blend. I don't think there's a film quite like this that I can recall. Definitely not in the 80s. Definitely not out of Hong Kong. Uh, it's very and it's also comes like it's released in 1985. It comes right at a at a period like a transition period of how Samuel was shooting his action. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, he's had some great films leading up to 85 specifically this is like the tail end of his, of the the meat of the the lucky stars films kind of transitioning from that into his more uh epic kind of mm-hmm. uh, filmography like eastern condors pedicab driver and you can see and even dragons forever you can see elements being teased in this film that get used in the later films and you see elements particularly like the colors being from from his from his i'd say 81 through 84 films in these films it's very it's it's like a really neat cross section right in the heart of 1980s 1985 oh uh because it's interesting had it been 86 then it really would have been the heart of dragon <laughs> all right that would be 88 damn it you're right i was thinking uh tiger <laughs> damn it uh, uh but anywho uh no yeah yeah in so I think it's often overlooked, probably because the subject matter, also because, quite frankly, in the version that's available to most people, as opposed to the international slash Japanese version, there really isn't a whole lot of action sequences. So, uh, and really, as far as like martial arts stuff goes, it's now I'm trying to think from uh, in the regular version, it's really only the finale. You, you're right. Yeah. I, I feel like they're really only like, if I remember correctly from one, I've, I've seen this film three times and I feel the first two times was the same version. I could be wrong because I, I saw one years and years ago. Uh, I only remember like two fight scenes. Yeah. At, so, and it's the finale, essentially, plus one other fight scene early on. To I think it's like the maybe in the SWAT training yeah. sequence. So that we have a great opening like uh, training sequence where there's some gunplay, like machine gunplay, which is also kind of out of character. Uh and then there's a little bit of hand-to-hand stuff in that. But then we kind of go almost the whole movie. There's some stunt work throughout, like with the villains. Uh, and so, and then a great chase sequence. So a big chase sequence, which most definitely would have been choreographed by Blackie Co. Because he's in it as a henchman. But then we have this incredible finale. But uh, the interesting part for me in this film is this was maybe and you know once again i'm pretty good at remembering this was a late night tbs recording at like two in the morning i've talked about this before i would check the tv guide at the beginning of every Mm -hmm. week so i'd get it on sunday and i'd check it and i would go through every single movie playing that week on cable every single one hundreds to see if there was any uh martial arts films playing because this is before kind of like you know, way before like digital cable where you can like plug in and see if there was anything. No. So yeah. I had to look in the old school TV guide that came in the newspaper, not like the uh, the official thick one that you could get. This was like a, a local one. 
And so pretty much I'd go through hundreds of movies and then this is one of those ones I found. I was like, Heart of Dragon, I've read about this movie. I knew all these movies before I ever had the chance to see them. And I think actually this may have been before Dragons Forever, another famous TBS, like two in the morning recording. And oh, I'm, so- I'm, sh- I'm sure that that's, yeah. I mean, when you're looking through your TV guides and sorry to cut you off there, but essentially if you don't have a lot of time to look through your TV guides, you basically look from- 1 a.m. on or 2 a.m. on to like 6 a.m. to see well, what martial art movie is playing in that section. And that's I, where you I get would your... just look at the front of it. They actually had all the movies in alphabetical order. Oh, okay. And there, that's oh, how I go. would do it. And luckily, I had plenty of time. <laughs> I didn't have much. I didn't have many friends or anything, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, and so this this may have been uh, the first like kind of true golden age of Hong Kong cinema film I saw. Are you still there? Are you there? Yeah, I'm. I am. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you cut out for a second. Is it, I, but I, I, you kept you kept talking, right? I can't yeah. see you, but I can hear you. Oh, you still can't see me? There you are. Now you're moving. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. I don't know. Sorry, we had a you blacked out for a second, and then I guess I blacked out for a second. Sounds sounds like uh, uh, Cancun all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, uh, so this may actually be like the first real golden era of Hong Kong cinema film I saw uh, from like the 80s, you know, Golden Harvest uh, or D&B films, any of those. This may have been like the first one with that style of choreography, uh, you know, not counting like, you know, Rumble in the Bronx and like the maybe even before Rumble in the Bronx because I would have had to have waited till it was on TV so I could watch it because it was rated R. But anywho, uh, and I remember just being very captivated by the film. However, it was also very emotionally jarring uh, and I would have been like 12 years old at that time. And yeah. I can say this. So as a kid, especially as a male, you know, you, you don't react as much to films, even like dramatic ones or sad ones. A lot of that has to do with the fact that you really can't empathize with what characters are going through. You haven't had as many life experiences, this and that. But I can say that this was like the first movie that ever made me cry because just the way that Samuel Hung as the you know, mentally challenged brother gets treated by so many people throughout the movie. Uh, and some of it is obviously exaggerated for cinematic effect. You know, uh, the restaurant sequence where like the waiters are straight up, like beating him up and stuff. But, uh, you know, but however, a lot of just the way he's treated, the like the whole sequence with the tutor and, you know, how mean he is to him and stuff. It's just like it's. You know, it's, it's very sad. The movie's very sad because afterwards, even watching it with Jessica, she's like, wow, that was really good, but it was really sad. <laughs> so yeah, the next day we made sure and watched, uh, I forget what we watched, something Disney or something just uh, that was happy and fun. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's funny because like clearly this this film, there are, there are elements in this film that we don't usually see in a Jackie Chan film mm-hmm. or in a Samuel Hung film. There is the dramatic, yes, and they have done drama where they get angry or drama where they suffer but not drama where they both shed tears yeah uh we also i mean you even mentioned like sort of some things that are out of character for jackie chan yes there's that opening sequence with machine guns i know they're all shooting blanks and we kind of discovered that later and the lighter colors maybe help uh fans that may not have been ready for that to see jackie chan with the with the weapon uh to uh, you know kind of kind of uh help that impact of that a little bit but there are there are sequences later in the film where he has a gun that are that is darker than a usual jackie chan mm-hmm. film and he plays it dark 
uh, not dark as in like he's out for revenge, angry, but dark as in he this this decision to pull this trigger is weighing heavily on his shoulder. There's sequences in the middle of the film where they are dealing with the with the emotional ramifications of one brother having his own dreams, but also having to be a parent, even though he's the little brother. Uh, and then, of course, uncharacteristic in so many action films are the consequences of of what happens even when uh, the protagonist who might be a cop does something where they're not above the law. Yeah. We see, like, I, I think that, you know, one of the reasons why, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, like Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon 2 or the original author, uh, Brian Garfield, uh, wrote a follow-up to Death Wish, uh, Death Sentence, is he felt like the, both those authors felt like there were consequences that weren't addressed in those films. And or and so they 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 created a story that continues where consequences are start to felt, but then are, are felt, not start to felt. Sorry about that, but are felt, and you end up not. Then when the film companies got their hands on those scripts, didn't follow through on the consequences, but made sequels that made money. Yeah. You know, made fun films, but it's really it's really interesting. This is what happens when of one, uh, you know. Samuel gets the green light to do a movie about something that is that's a difficult subject matter. And then you're going to have consequences at the end of the film. And not uh, only that, you have Samuel directing and co-starring. He is the co-star and doing absolutely zero action, which, I know. Uh, you know, you read a little bit online. And once again, you know, trying to find the sources for this, I'll, I will maybe have to try to go watch more interviews and stuff when I have time. But it's like obviously producers wanted him to partake in the action. And he just like was like, no, it makes no sense. How would my mm-hmm. character be able to do fight scenes and stuff? They're like, well, no, you got it. You got it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, and it was just like, no. Like, could you imagine that? It, you know, it, <laughs> it would be so out of place for his character. Now, he does get to do uh, a great like stunt fall. Uh, he does a little bit yeah. of stunt stuff. Like, you know, he's be- been getting beat up by the waiters and knocked down. He does. He gets a great stunt fall when he, he's kicked uh, off the ledge. Uh, but which, really. Which is a great whip kick yeah. i think that's one of the best whip kicks i've seen on film uh i'm sure you, you you might be able to think of a few more but that is such a great whip kick i wrote that down in my notes like you're talking about when samuel gets kicked and falls off the ledge and rolls down yes, the hill right yes yeah. it's fantastic and the funny part is the actor that's doing it is ty Bo, who's mm-hmm. usually known for his uh comical uh roles or like wimpy roles yeah yeah but uh, he just plays kind of a sleazebag in this one. Uh, however, it, it's good that Samuel stuck to his guns for a couple of reasons. A, it would have made no sense for him to partake in the action. Uh, B, he gets to focus on his acting in this film, which is essential because this kind of role could easily be uh, mishandled in the wrong hands. Now, yes. it could definitely be a caricature of like someone being way too over the top. It can be unintentionally silly or uh, not uh, appropriate or accurate. However, Samuel does a great job of just playing this authentic character where he's coming across as special needs, but never like, oh, God, it's like, you know, he's you know, because there's there's moments where you're like, oh, OK, you know, it's he, he seems pretty capable and this and that. But then he'll digress back into some of those 
uh, elements of the character that show that, oh, no, he's not okay on his own. He really does need help. And it's, mm-hmm. it's such a fine line that a lesser actor could have easily uh, stepped over to the wrong side and just uh, fell into the trappings of doing really over the top acting, really kind of silly things to try to do the best performance they could. And it, it could have easily failed. However, Samo just seems to nail the character perfectly uh, in the sense of, you know, he's he's a struggling individual. He wants to be normal, but he's just not. Uh, you know, he wants to be a functioning adult, but he's not. Now, once again, I am not uh, an expert on special education, on special needs individuals. So I'm sure there's probably a lot of things he got wrong. But as a viewer watching the film, you appreciate his performance and kind of the authenticity he brings to it and the the true heart of uh, Samo in this role. I mean, we, you're absolutely right. We're, we're used to seeing Samo as as a tough guy cop. We're mm-hmm. used to seeing seeing him as comedic relief. We're used to seeing him uh, uh, as a charismatic uh, romantic lead. We. He does something special. His acting isn't just in his face. It's his whole body. The way he moves uh, in all of his films, he captures the essence of his characters. And he does that here as well. Uh, in many ways, I'm sure there are elements in this film that are like uh, like the film Pantyhose Hero, mm-hmm. where it gets a little... Maybe some people will say he, it might be a little offensive here or there. It might I, be. I don't I, think I would so ha- as much I would though. have to disagree in... Uh, I mean, there might be slight elements where you're correct, like, but I think this performance, uh, yes, the, it's once again, it's the the things would be a lot more subtle than the comparison to Pantyhose Hero, where it's just like, okay, yes. that is blatantly uh, discriminating against the LGBTQ community. Yes, <laughs> right. No, no, I, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, like, as far as like the maybe this way the script is built right. a little bit, there might be some some elements of. Uh, Slightly two-dimensional, not in Samuel's performance. Right. But what I what I do appreciate about Samuel with this film and also with Pantyhose Hero is he is introducing a community to his wider audience. And he did have a very wide audience mm-hmm. to his wider audience. So even when it was, as you mentioned, like with Pantyhose Hero, definitely today would be a, a dis- very discriminatory. Back then... It was a little door opening with using kind of like that discriminatory humor to like help that door stay open. But like with uh, Heart of the Dragon, he's introducing uh, maybe a taboo topic that isn't really discussed. I don't know. uh, Definitely taboo. Well, especially from my years of teaching in mainland China, I can tell you there was no special needs. Like if you were getting any sort of special needs teaching or education, uh, as a child with special needs, it was because your parents were filthy rich and were mm-hmm. sending you to like a specialist within the normal school system. There was nothing because I yep. had special needs students and they were just like, here you go. And I would I would tell them, I'm like, you know, uh, there's, you know, he he has, you know, a learning disability. He needs special instruction. He can't be in this class. It's not uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it wasn't even safe. Uh, but it was very much like, oh, just sweep it under the rug. Nope. If we don't address it, it's not real. So it is uh, within like, and I'm sure probably Hong Kong has similar elements, uh, kind of a taboo subject. No, I, I, I agree. Like in, even in the, even when I was going to school, 
in in America as a kid around that time, or 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 in Asia as well. It's like there there were there may have been a, a few kids who were on the special needs, and I think only when I was in Hawaii was was there a classroom set up to help uh, heighten the education. Otherwise, I you know there was a lot of bullying that I saw, a lot of like you know. Uh, people being put into the general population and then disappearing, you know, because it's like the bullying's too much. Uh, so th- this, this I think was a very brave character to introduce to the very, uh, very wide audience. I also, I, I'm sure you were going to, we were going to get to this at some point, but uh, Hoi, Hoi Mang's mm-hmm. performance. Yeah. I mean, his acting is, his, his action is always fantastic, right? but his performance, uh, he was really the, uh, the, the balancing point uh, between Jackie and Samo. So uh, I, between- I think you bring up something fantastic. So real quick, what we should kind of address is the film is interesting in its plot that's kind of split into, yeah, it's three act structures like any film, but it's kind of more split into the focus of the first half and the focus of the second half, uh, almost two completely different plots. And so the first part is the struggle of Jackie, who's, you know, been a SWAT member now, a CID cop forever, wanting to become a sailor. He gets accepted into the, you know, uh, the merchant marines and but obviously he'd be away for months at a time maybe years mm-hmm. at a time who's going to take care of his brother and he's like trying to almost uh, y- you know uh, what's the better term uh, hand him off to somebody else you know he decides to ask his girlfriend to marry him hoping she would you know take care of him she he has the neighbor lady he's going to pay her to take care of him but it's his friends uh, within the police department specifically Hoi Mong that actually hold him accountable yes and, and so and, and, uh, continue on because this is where Hoi Mong gets to shine as an actor. Yeah, I mean there there are there are aspects throughout the film, but I think one of the most touching sequences uh, that we see actually with Samo and Jackie, it doesn't it it comes as a result of Hoi Mong's performance, where Hoi Mong basically is there in the room in, in the living room with Samo and Jackie, and and just kind of laying into Jackie a little bit, and when Jackie's character is like, well, what would you do if he were your brother? And he, I would love him and I would protect him. I mean, it's, but it's not just the line because the lines are good in this film. It's very, it's a actually well-crafted script that doesn't lose its thread, which can sometimes happen with films that have multiple edits out there. Uh, but it's how he delivers it, the way it's shot. I mean, something really needs to be said uh, about the lighting in this film as well, because the lighting is very special. Again, it's like comes at that in-between period for Samo and, uh, you know, where everything was very bright and colorful at one point, And then he gets he gets a little darker with or darker, not as in like negative, but darker as in just his lighting, a little more film noirish as he moves yeah. on in his career. And, and this film has that in the dramatic moments. Yeah. And the soundtrack really helps accentuate the dramatic scenes as well. The the main theme of the film is just a beautiful piano score. But this also plays into the last element I forgot to bring up a little while ago about Sam and I having to worry about being an action performer in this movie is just how darn good he is as a director both in uh i mean in multiple genres whether it's action drama comedy etc and in this film he gets to really focus on being a dramatic director and there's slight little nuances that you've mentioned with the lighting with this with that that really help bring out the best in all of the actors including it's like wow did you see hoi mong's performance that's not something you see say after most movies right <laughs> yeah and you know even a lot of the supporting guys uh you get to see yuan wa in a role that you wouldn't typically see him in mm-hmm. uh i mean chin Karlock's in there a lot of great uh and Corey yun you know pops up uh in a little supporting role, a lot of the familiar faces, but uh, 
so really we get the so that's kind of the first half of the movie and then eventually spoiler alert jackie decides all right I'm, i can't go to the merchant marines i need to take care of my brother and really it was a uh inner conflict he was having because he's like what about me i don't care if i'm selfish i've you know been taking care of my brother my whole life you know it's time for me to focus on me and he brings up some valid points but at the end of the day he realizes what's most important and that's family and taking care of his brother so he decides to stay and just be a cid officer okay so then it's kind of this interesting thing of like well where's the drama going to come from now where's the conflict so then they fo- they kind of segue into like the last act of the movie which is Samo inadvertently getting uh involved in a jewelry heist that his brother and uh fellow CID officers are investigating so long story short Samo gets involved uh ends up with the the diamonds on accident then ends up getting kidnapped and ransomed uh for uh uh, one of the henchmen they have in custody, played by uh, uh, Fat Fat Chung, Fat Chung, uh, and uh, who uh, does some great little stunt work, and then that sets up our finale, where pretty much Jackie and his comrades have to kidnap Chung Fat from the police custody and exchange him for uh, Samo in what is an absolutely phenomenal action finale very special and one of the unique things about this is the tone is just especially in comparison to a lot of the other stuff that have been shot in that time period where you're like you kind of brought up they did like three back-to-back lucky stars movies right mm-hmm. this is 85 so the exact release as compared with jackie's police story i'm not even sure but yeah i mean so you're looking let's look at the filmography around that time we have like uh uh, the Lucky Stars, right? So we have Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. We have My Lucky Stars. We have uh, Winners and Sinners. We had uh, Project A. You know, Jackie Chan does Project A two. A lot of these films with like lighter elements to them. Uh, and then in this finale, it's just dark. It's dark. It's violent. It starts off mostly like a shoot 'em up, not of John Woo style uh, from like the eighties and so forth. Kind of very straightforward. And the interesting thing is the way it's shot too. Uh, God, man, there's such good camera work and stuff. Even the, yeah, the, 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 the subtle is... nuances of Samo, like there's the sequence where one of the henchmen's like pulling out his knife and the way the camera pans up and it's just, wow. And the lighting, like you mentioned, it's just everything comes together so well. But the thing that is also kind of special is the lack of any musical score. Yes. And no, so you have these, the sound, the sound of the finale is uh, essential because you'll have like, uh, it's a, they're kind of, in a building that's being constructed. So they're going up levels almost. So there's a lot of isolation in a sense. The guy's split up. So even if there's a bunch of action going on, someone else may not hear. So we'll have like silence, silence. Oh, there's a henchman. Bah, 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 bah. Gunshots, gunshots. Boom, boom, boom. Then back to silence. Like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm creeping. I'm looking around. Or the next guy, right? And so it's like we get these pauses, the, these long pauses in the beat where a lot of times the action sequences, once the action gets going, we don't want those long pauses. You know, we want the mm-hmm. but it works perfect. We get uh, almost like a little breather like, oh, wow, that was intense. OK. And then it's also special because at first you're not really getting first of all, Jackie doesn't really even begin to take part until later on. So uh we get a lot like Hoi Mong, we get Chin Karlok, we get Yuan Hua, we get a lot of these guys kind of taking care of the action at first. Then once Jackie gets involved, that's when we get more of the hand-to-hand stuff. And boy, are we in for a treat because we get a two-part finale with Dick Way and we also get yep. Jackie taking on a bunch of henchmen. You know, uh, the as you mentioned, the, the way the, the way it's shot, uh, you're in a building with a lot of scaffolding, a lot of, uh, you know, the the 
you know, pre-drywall building. So you've got all the the pillars, not the pillars, but the, I'm sorry, the braces that are in the wall just throughout. So it's almost shot like, think Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Think uh, the ki- like Stanley Kubrick's The Killing with the Lighting. And then all of a sudden you throw in like all, all these, the, the setup of a of basically what would be like a forest for a samurai film where the camera's tracking one way, the characters are going another way. Uh, the scaffolding's going in between. It just and then then there's an opening. The camera stops and the ca- and the the characters face off. It's just so well done. And one of my I was gonna actually uh, you know hey can you guess what this movie's from quote uh, where basically Jackie Chan says you don't have to you know you don't have to fight me or and he and he's like this is my occupation yeah it's uh, a great line I mean that's that's the dub ver- the the subtitled version right. I had is this is my occupation is what Dick Way tells him when they're about to face off a second time and what a fight yeah and, and once again Samo getting to focus he doesn't have to do anything in the finale he's just directing we get some great cuts I mean like Samo really is th- Probably the best, the greatest ever when it comes to constructing a whole action finale and fight sequence, because it's not just the choreography, it's the the camera work, it's the camera angles, it's the subtle little uh, bits and beats that he throws in there. But I mean, like you were saying, just, you know, the the flowing water. Uh, at some point yes, in there. Yes, you're it's right. Just so yeah, good. Like the a light, the like water. a pipe breaks. Yeah, and the wa- just, water's just flowing behind them. Right. And it's, it's dark and it's violent. Uh, but not over the top where it's like, ooh, it, 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 too jarring. It's just like it's it's fitting because these guys are literally sacrificing their careers and possibly their lives to save, uh, you know, Samo, which is funny because it's his friends putting their money where their mouth is because they've been on Jackie's case the whole time about, no, you can't be selfish. You have to take care of your brother, you know, uh, I would love him and protect him, right? Like Hoi Mong says. And then when it's time for them to step up and help, they do. You know, they're not just all talk. They're like, all right, let's do this. Uh, and then so we get this great finale. And then at the end, also, it is it, it's it's that combination of it's a tragic ending, but it's also they're held accountable for their actions. They all go to jail. And so mm-hmm. we get the final sequence of the film is actually kind of a beautifully shot one where, once again, the musical core, uh, score, it's, it's almost like a music video. So we don't get any dialogue or anything. It's just the musical score. And it's a montage sequence of them all going to prison. And, mm-hmm. you know, Samo being outside without Jackie. And so at first he's taken care of by the girlfriend. And then one by one, Jackie's comrades get released before him and they start taking care of him. And we get to see them like, you know, spending time with him, taking him out shopping, you know, taking him out to eat, like, you know, nurturing him while Jackie is still in prison. And then at the very end is Jackie finally getting released and them walking and holding hands in the final shot. So it's very moving. Uh, and although sad, we get that ending it's it's happy. It's a sad but happy ending. Also, for the fact that right before that we have uh, uh, Lam Ching Ying pop back up. So Lam Ching Ying played uh, Jackie's previous boss at the SWAT division, and he pretty much says to him, "Look me up when you get out." Meaning like, "Hey, you're definitely kicked out of the CID, but I'll take you back at SWAT." Mm-hmm. So at least mm-hmm. you know he's got some job security as well, uh, because his his boss at CID, who's played by the great Melvin Wong, is kind of a dick. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, it's like Melvin Melvin Wong has a. Uh, it's the antithesis of what uh, Melvin Wong was in uh, writing wrongs. He's everything by the book. Yeah, yeah, but almost like too much so. But uh, yeah. yeah, so 
Well, that's pretty much the movie in a nutshell. Now, the international version, aka the Japanese version, has two additional fight scenes. And it kind of just goes to show how big and how important the Japanese market was for Jackie at that period of time. Because they're like, look, we need more action sequences for the Japanese market. They're going to want more. So they shot two extra action sequences, uh, which are phenomenal. They're great. And quite frankly, I would have loved to have them in the uh, version that we saw. Now... The the methadone clinic one is right at the beginning. Jackie's pretty much escorting uh, a witness to the methadone clinic and his mm-hmm. uh, cronies or like the, the gang he's part of has infiltrated it to kill him because they don't want him snitching. And so Jackie has to face them all off. Now, the one thing about the sequence is, is as amazing as it's done, the action, the actual choreography is out of place. Uh uh, it's kind of in Congress with the rest of the, the film. And I have a feeling that it's possible that maybe uh, uh, Laukar Wing, who is like the main guy Jackie's going up against, may have ghost choreographed some of it because it's a lot more traditional Kung Fu stuff. Now, uh, but aside from that, it's an amazing sequence. And in the outtakes, so once again, the international Japanese version has outtakes, whereas the regular version doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that is focused on that sequence. And that's also where you get to see UN Biao because UN Biao was yes. there as a fight choreographer. And it, it could have been them both contributing to it. I don't know. I just, I get more of that Lao Gar Wing feel to it. There's just some very kind of traditional shapes yes. and blocks and uh, even offensive attacks and choreography beats that remind me of like more Shaw Brothers type stuff. But that being said, doesn't matter because it's still a great sequence. Uh, and then we get one additional fight scene where in the, the regular version, it ends with kind of this this gang in a restaurant that are harassing Jackie's girlfriend while Jackie's there with his uh, buddies, the police uh-huh. buddies. Like Hoi Mong tries to stick up for her and then gets kind of like humiliated and that's it. But in this international version, right as they're leaving, he puts his head back in and says, come meet us out in the car park, you know, fools. And then they have this great little uh fight scene where it, it it would be kind of out of place with the serious nature of the rest of the film but i still think it could have benefited being in both versions simply because it adds a little light-hearted element uh and boy is it a great fight sequence it's very it's, well done it's very fun uh, it has kind of more of like a japanese style uh, musical score behind it as they're fighting mm-hmm. so pretty much it's this gang of like thugs in a restaurant you know you've got uh i think fung hark on is in there but yes, you've got uh, chu chi ling the kung fu mm-hmm. master uh who i think was at dragon fest this past weekend actually uh you got lee hoi san classic uh shaw brothers actor and so forth and it's it's pretty much jackie has to do most of the work because his buddies aren't exactly the best fighters they do all right but especially hoi mong is kind of useless and so it's the there's some great comedic beats it's like you know, some of the guys don't really fight as well. Some of them do. Jackie has to step in and save his buddies as he's also fighting another guy. And so it's a really cool fight sequence. I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. But uh, those are I the mean, additional sequences we got in that Japanese or international version. It's a lot of fun. I mean, that fight sequence, it, it almost feels like it could just be a fight sequence in the middle of a comedy film. Yes. It's not, you know, you're you basic and it, like, it's the gang of thugs. But it turns out the gang of thugs are are. Uh, uh, martial art masters. Yeah, well, yeah, like two uh, yeah, of them yeah. are. That's what they're like, yeah. oh, that's real kung fu. Because you get <laughs> yeah. Chu Chi Ling doing a few like little poses and uh, hungar stances right there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's I, always fun to see him pop up in those roles. And what I really like about the er, the the police station sequence, uh, as I was watching that, I'm like, I, it, it dawns on me that we're seeing what... Uh, Do you mean the methadone clinic sequence? The methadone yeah. clinic sequence. We're seeing what... Uh, what Jackie's career and Samuel's career would could have been like between 
85 and 89 when Dragons Forever was released. Because if I'm not mistaken, they didn't work together again for that period of time because that's when they were off doing their other films. Although I, I things get a little murky with actual release dates and when actually things were shot. But I feel like that was their last time collaborating until Dragons Forever. I think you're uh, right. Uh, no, uh, Prison on Fire, maybe. Prison or- on Fire, I think, was after. After, At least for me, it was after Dragons Forever. Well, I think it was 89. I think it was the same year. But then once again, it wasn't like that. They, that was a favor they were all doing for Jimmy Wong Yu because yeah. they were all in his pocket. So, so but I mean, yeah. So the thing is with with the, with that sequence in particular, it was like watching Jackie in, oh, this is Samo-centric casting. You don't see Mars in here. You don't see Jackie's usual folks. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Samo's folks. Yep. Jackie's now working with Samo's crew. And to... You know, at one point, you know, Corey Yoon's in the beginning sequence as part of the SWAT team, and then he disappears, you know, and I was like, one of my notes was, what was he doing? Was he out shooting, uh, writing wrongs with the uh, Biao at the <laughs> time? But, you know, it's, it's interesting that Yoon Biao's there as well. And like on one area, I saw that he's credited as Jackie Chan's stunt double. Uh, another spot, he's credited as the martial arts instructor. Yeah. You know, and wouldn't that be great? Hey, you're the, you're the martial arts instructor for this Great cast. And then, of course, you know, there's he's probably, you know, one of the major fight choreographers with Samo. And, you know, just it's you see uh, you see a film that might not have that isn't usually in Jackie's filmography, essentially. Yeah. For a few reasons. Uh, One is also his romantic relationship. Uh, you don't, you didn't see that in the eighties a lot, unless it was kind of the safe Maggie Chung yeah. or Anita Mui, you know, it, you're, you, you actually have them tied up in a romantic relationship. The other Nothing time beyond like was, the implied or holding hands or this or that, this one, yeah. we, you know, there's like the serious nature of them getting engaged possibly. And also yeah. there, there is an extended like makeout sequence with them. Uh, although right, kind of lighthearted. On a, yeah. On a Jackie level. Yeah, on a jacket, but still, for the Japanese market, we know how some of those female fans would react. Yes. So it's it's really uh, a unique film, and so much of it is is that it is is definitely a Samo film with... uh, Jackie Chan in it. Like I, I, I remember when I was a kid and trying to understand why, why is Jackie not in Eastern Condors? Why is he not in Millionaire's Express? You know, I didn't understand that there was a period where they didn't work together because they were out each making their own, you know, yeah, own building their own filmography with their own with their own, uh, I guess, uh, auteur. You know, they 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 have their own stories to tell. Yeah, but when I would watch like. Uh, Millionaire's Express, you could see, oh, this role probably would have been Jackie's, and would that have bumped Yoon Biao over, or would they have uh, bolstered this other role? You know, that you're, you kind of go through and wondering, well, how would Jackie have fit into this? And Heart of, Heart, Heart of Dragon gives us a sense of how Jackie would have fit into other Sammo films. And, you know, sometimes I think that if Jackie had worked with Sammo more, Sammo would have taken more of a directing role. But I could be wrong. Well, it's interesting because when you first think about it, you think even from the term auteur, and we've talked about this before, really, Sammo feels like more like the the one that would qualify as an auteur. Uh, But Jackie showed that as a director, he could make big, glamorous, beautifully shot films, for example, with miracles. I just Mm -hmm. feel like sometimes with the output of Jackie, did he ever direct or make a bad movie in that period? Absolutely not. But I just feel like it was like a a mile a minute with him where he was just doing so many that they were all A's 
but maybe he didn't have as many A pluses as Samo did. Uh, but also maybe the consistency of Jackie was more than even Samo, right? But oh, yeah. like Samo has a few of those films that he directed that are just so well done, right? Like, you know, you've got, go ahead. Oh, no, no, it, it's funny. I, and I'm sorry to step on your, your, your words here, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it, there is, there is definitely more consistency with Jackie Chan's output when he's a producer and director. Uh, you know, you're going to walk away and the film's going to be at this level of quality with Samo. There are instances where he dips and but when he's dipping, it's he's experimenting and he's like transitioning into this next wave of his uh, filmmaking. And then he just comes up with with masterpieces in Mm -hmm. classic films. Jackie Chan might touch the classic caliber. Uh, Samo exceeds that and gets to masterpieces. I mean, it's very I mean, he probably has like five masterpieces on his hand. Well, he's got Sam has got films that he directed that look in comparison from a technical aspect to like a one car Y film sometimes. Yes. Where you're just like, whoa. I mean, like Pedicab Driver is just such a phenomenally shot film and the the sets and the location and everything about it is just so beautiful. But uh, here we are once again, stepping out of the movie we're talking about today. But any final thoughts about Heart of Dragon? Long the scene. You know, uh, there are a few versions out there. Yes. Depending on your mood, uh, going in, you, you should expect to see a drama. Trying to get the international version is is the way to go for me for this film because it feels like a more complete film. It feels like a full, like a nice full ninety minute ride, uh, and it's just it's it's distinct in in both Samo's career, Jackie's career, as well as what was being released in the eighties, and it's it's almost like. You know, the, both these gentlemen were forced to make action films. Not forced. I mean, they 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 created what modern action is. Yeah. However, that also like tied them, married them to what they had to do, and they found a way around that by dropping this drama, a very important topic, into their universe. Yeah. They could have easily been pigeonholed and just been like, Rah! Uh, but instead, it's like, all right, well, let's uh, work around it. And the thing is, the action uh, flows with this movie. It doesn't feel forced, right? It's not like, oh, we're getting this amazing drama. Wait, why are there action sequences? No, it all works. It's organic. It kind of blends together uh, as opposed to them, like, making this beautiful film and then suddenly being like, all right, no. The producer's like, yeah, we want some fight scenes in there now. See? <laughs> yeah. Which could have been the case had Sam, had Samo, like, given in to their demands or wishes and, like, started participating in the fight scenes, which would have made no sense uh, yeah. with the way this character is portrayed. Uh, but because uh, that's not to say that a special needs person couldn't be capable of martial arts, but that's not the character that Samo was playing in this exactly. film. Exactly. Yeah. You, uh, there was. I was just going to make two comments real quick, if that's okay. Yes. One is we. When I watched this film, I realized we really didn't get to see enough of Chun Fat versus Dick Wei during their heyday. I think this is the only the second time that I can recall the other being Pedicab Driver, where they just have a they get to ch- exchange a few kicks. But man, do they work so well together! It's it's just like they understand each other so well. But usually they're both villains. Yep. And uh, real quick. Let's not forget how uh, cool and badass Philip Cofey is in this too, with his mustache <laughs> and slicked to the side hair, and like he's yes. very eighties. And it's it's nice to see him in a because uh, I feel like he you know did so many kung fu movies and so forth, but to like see him front and center, like really front and center uh, of a big major motion picture with Jackie and Samo and all these regular guys was really cool. 
Yes, it was. Um, and then your second thought? My second thought, there's a sequence within the construction, within the construction worker site that where Samuel's like following the kicks just in the beginning when they're all about to set up uh, for a fight sequence. And I'm like, wow, this is this is the precursor to almost 10 years later with Thunderbolt when he was uh, when Samuel oh. was choreographing around a Jackie an injured Jackie Chan and had to use the move his camera around a lot to uh, But before we got that obnoxious blurred effect. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's I still I still like that that mechanic fight sequence, but the blurred effect. Yeah, know. well, I love the mechanic fight sequence, but then the uh, other problem with that is you see Jackie being doubled. Like, I know, like I know, it's so very they had to blurred apparent. a little bit. Yeah, which uh, oh, one thing to note too is just man the and uh, our buddy Bruce Willow over at the Bruce Willow podcast and video channel on YouTube. Check him out if you haven't already. You're crazy if you haven't. But he was you know he talks about the hit power of Jackie Chan, and you really see that in this movie with his spinning yes. wheel kicks and the way uh, Samo shoots him. Man, you're just like even. Even in, he he does him better than like Dick Way, a Taekwondo expert and you know supposedly champion, or whatever. Just man, his hip dexterity, the way he torques and whack is just very impressive. Yeah, and I this the the fight sequences in here for Jackie, he does get out of his. It's it's not his usual fight sequence. I mean, he's using more elbows. It just it's a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely check this film out. Definitely get your hands on the newest version. Uh, get yourself an international Blu-ray player if you must. Otherwise, uh, it's been a great episode. We're going to try to record. Uh, hopefully, again, uh, we're actually recording just before release this week, but hopefully maybe by the end of this week and that way we don't miss a week while I'm moving. But there is a chance we may have a little two-week gap while I'm in the process of moving, but we're going to try not to. But anyways, any final, final, final thoughts? Uh, It's great talking with you. As always, my friend. Okay, we will catch you all next week. Peace.